You're listening to A Mighty Love, the podcast for honest and witty love wisdom. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I am Jimmy Trius, your... And we're back. We are back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super back. Um, the, I think this might be the last episode we record in the month of Pride. Ooh. So, so do we have any closing proud thoughts? Um, yes. Maybe they're opening proud thoughts? Mm. Well, Every- opening the podcast with pride thoughts for the end of the Pride Month. Yes, exactly. I think that the increasing visibility of um, LGBTQ people... Mm-hmm. Um, in media is great. I think that the representation and how broad it's becoming, it's still not broad enough. I don't think it reflects um, what that community looks like, um, having known these folks. Yeah. Um, but I think that broader exposure and broader experiences, and um, I think that every year there's progress made, and there's clearly more progress to be made, but I'm very happy. And I think things like Queer Eye becoming mainstream again is helping, but there's lots of other things and you know yeah i think so i think one thing i noticed this year and i heard this um on a different podcast they were sort of talking about this weird phenomenon of like rainbow washing that's been happening where like oh, chase bank yeah. is like we love pride and i'm like mm, how long have you loved pride yeah, um uh... you know or <laughs> you know and no shade on chase bank if you would like to sponsor us we are so glad you love pride I love um, <laughs> please sponsor us chase bank anyway um but I guess I see a lot of, like, I, I guess part of me is suspicious on the inside, like, oh, you support it now? Like, now yeah. that it's, like, overtaken in popularity, it'd yeah. be very unpopular to not support it. Like, you're just trying to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. So that a little bit bugs me. But, you know, I guess 10 years from now, it'll feel very different. The other thing I would like to put out there is, um, much like, you know, when they put, like, they make, like, pink things for breast cancer or mm-hmm. you know like green things for earth day like you know that's great and if you were already going shopping for a scarf and then you buy the breast cancer scarf great but like don't buy the things because you think the money is going to go towards the organization like a percentage does but like rather than be like i bought this pride umbrella you know maybe just donate to like one of the many many lgbtq plus organizations and support them that way if you want to support them with your money do that um because you know i don't you know like your terrible cvs umbrella that has like a rainbow sticker slapped on it is probably not going to send too much money their way no there's a lot of um uh just jumping on that point there's Mm -hmm. a lot of great uh or i can't think of one that comes to mind off the top of my head but there's a lot of great organizations uh that um target uh lgbtq youth like Mm -hmm. teens who are homeless yeah because they're often kicked out of the homes that they Mm -hmm. grew up in like and the trevor project there's some there's a lot of great ones and like i can't do the whole list justice but there's lots of great organizations that if you want to support them you can give them your money or your time um, one other thing about Pride is, like, I, I did see a lot of tweets this year where, you know, I saw a lot of very people very happy about Pride, but I still see a lot of people feeling like they are excluded from Pride because they're, they feel like they're not the right kind of bisexual or they're not the right kind of gay or whatever, and um, that makes me sad. I, 
I am not sure what I can do to make it clear that pride is for everyone. Yeah. But um, I, that's something I kind of want to do thinking about. Like, what is it that sort of sends the message that pride isn't for everyone and how do we do it better so that people who are very much part of the community feel comfortable? So that's sort of something I've been meditating on a little bit. Hmm. But um, Do you ever get that feeling? Because yeah. as the one queer person on the podcast. <laughs> I do. Um, I mean, I'm married to a man, which means that in some ways people argue that I have straight privilege or straight passing privilege, which I guess in a way is true. Like, I get to move through the world like a straight person a lot of the time, and I guess that's nice. Um, The disadvantage is that people do assume I'm straight, and then when you correct them, sometimes they don't believe you, and it's like, I don't, I mean, do you want a list of the ladies I fucked? This seems inappropriate. (laughs) Um... But it's so it can feel a little like a little outsider. I um, went to a fundraiser for the Dyke March at Stonewall Inn, which was this amazing experience. And I haven't been very active in um, LGBTQ plus groups. And that was like a very powerful experience for me being in a, a room full of queer people and being like, oh, my God, like this is it feels so different. And I've kind of committed to trying to like do this more to feel less alone and so other people feel less alone too so i'm I'm trying to like invest a little bit more in like my queer identity but yeah i definitely sometimes feel a little bit like an outsider and defensive about my feeling that i'm definitely an insider yeah yeah no i i would assume so i can i can only imagine what that feels like to have an identity and then to not i mean i know what it feels like from a racial perspective like Mm -hmm. you sort of when you're mixed you sort of can feel like you're never enough um right but i can't even imagine what that would be like when it's tied to who you choose to love like that would be like if somebody's like you're not black enough i'm like fine what like okay i've been hearing this forever what but for somebody (laughs) to say like you're too straight to be queer and you're like i've loved so you know like it just i don't know that's gotta be it's also like you know it there's like that graphic that pops up a lot which is um that you know like being bisexual doesn't mean you have to be like 50 percent interested in men and 50 percent interested in women like you can be 95 5 or whatever like all yeah. of them count and um i mean i think probably everyone is i think there are very few people that are 100 percent straight honestly like i think everyone's a t- tiny bit not hetero at least and or a tiny bit not homo but i think there's a lot of variation in how much you identify and accept that part of yourself but in any case it's like you shouldn't you shouldn't be judged on that and um that was one of the interesting things like the language around the dyke march i really like because they're like if you identify as a dyke you're a dyke and it doesn't matter like age class blah 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 like the list of like every possible thing that could have anything to do you know from like ability to anything and i really appreciate it that they're just like if you say you are you are and we accept it and i'm like that's a great attitude that is really cool yeah it's a very chill way to approach it mm-hmm. that's awesome um i'm glad that we took this tangent that was actually fairly serious we usually go on weird tangents yeah good tangent i like it so shout out to you if you were celebrating shout out to uh, folks who didn't feel like they could celebrate, I hope that next year you feel like you can. 
Yeah. And I encourage you all to look at your community and look at ways you can be more involved and feel more vested and feel more part of things in whatever way feels most comfortable for you. Awesome. Let's talk about sex now. Woo! (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So you recently uh, ran two separate polls on Twitter. Yeah, Um, right at the same time. Yeah. Give us a little bit of background on I should probably pull this up on my phone so I can put it out there accurately. So I think some tweet sort of triggered this for me, but I was curious about how people feel about first date sex. And and instead of splitting it up by men and women, which is what I often do, but, you know, can be A, exclusionary of people who don't feel like they fit into the binary, and uh, B, maybe isn't always the most interesting question, I split up by people who identify as monogamous and non-monogamous, um, which can be tricky because, you know, some people consider themselves non-monogamous if they just cheat a bunch, which is <laughs> different from polyamory and on yeah. a lot of dimensions that we won't even get into right now. But in any case, I thought it'd be interesting <laughs> to split it that way instead and see how people answer. So um, the results actually didn't surprise me a lot. Generally speaking, non-monogamous were more likely to pick the option of usually or sometimes to the question, if it's going really well and you like them, sex on the first date, question mark. Whereas monogamous were more likely to pick the options rarely or never. Um, there's the visual for you. Um, oh. So this didn't shock me. I kind of suspected that this is the way it would go. Um, but what do you think about this? So as someone who voted... Mm-hmm. As a monogamous mm-hmm. person, so my answer was usually I when I was single. If I was if I was going on a really good date and the date was going well, like I had no problem having sex on the first date. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna get into that a little bit later when we talk about a few different ways that we're gonna talk about sex. But I was not surprised no. um, to say that almost sixty percent of monogamish monogamous. Mm-hmm. Or not monogamish. Yeah. Uh, monogamous people uh, were more likely to rarely or never have um, sex on, the, sex first on the first date. It's not surprising. Yeah, I, whereas on the flip, about 70% of non-monogamous people said they would. That's interesting. I didn't put I didn't put in a bunch of qualifiers, like, if the other person is also into it. Right. You know, it's just like, would you, you be up for have it? a condom or whatever, yeah. um, or a bunch of saran wrap i just um let it be you know you can make your own assumptions um yeah so it didn't surprise me and then someone asked me what i thought about it and there were some sort of different responses um some people thought it's because if you're non-monogamous you kind of put a higher premium on finding out how you feel about sex with the other person sooner right which is definitely how I feel, but I don't think that that defines non-monogamous versus monogamists. So I'm not sure if that's part of the reason. There's probably multiple reasons why people yeah, answer either course. way. And I think probably gender is an important part of that. For sure, yeah. Um, I guess I also, someone also made the point that, you know, like you don't really have anything to prove when you're non-monogamous. You're not like trying to like yeah. be chased. Like you're like, I'm already out there and that was sort of my thought is that i've already like decided that the rules don't apply to me so why would this one apply to me yeah 
Not to say that all non-monogamists try to, like, fuck you immediately. I'm sure there are plenty of them who wait until they're comfortable, and everyone should wait until they're comfortable, however yeah. long that is. But some are more comfortable than others. I think when you've already decided the rules don't apply to you, you might not care as much about... You might be more free. Or the, even that you want to have sex with more than one person might also be, like, a aspect of having a higher libido i don't know i i think it's complicated i don't think yeah. there's one answer that explains all of it i don't think there's one answer i do think that what's telling about because i was looking at some of the interactions with folks uh, around your poll and what was really telling to me was that the reasons why people don't have sex on the first date are even their own like an individual person's reasons for not having sex on the first date will differ from even the people they're dating like if i'm monogamous but I want to meet somebody and want to settle down, but I am more likely to understand that if I don't want to be in a relationship with this person, I could just bang them. Yeah. Like, those folks are likely to want to sleep with someone on a first date, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of, like, qualifiers, but if, but if, like, logic tests. Yeah. Um, and I think with, um, I think that with non-monogamous people, it's a little clearer, mm -hmm. it, at least to me, it seemed from an outsider's perspective that... You either are going to sleep with someone on the first date because you clicked, or you just never do that, period. Like, you, there's a lot less, well, you know, I didn't shave today, so I knew I wasn't planning to have sex, so I'm not going to have sex, and my underwear didn't match, or, you know, I really like them, so I'm not going to sleep with them, but I don't really like them, I don't care if I see them again, so I'm going to sleep with them, but... You know, there's yeah. a lot less but, 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 but. It's so. true. I mean, I think one of the things that may go on in some cases for monogamy and probably rarely goes on for non-monogamous is like some sort of virtue signaling mm -hmm. where you're like trying to be like oh like maybe you're not trying to send the message that you're like chaste or pure but that you don't fuck around a lot yeah Especially or that you're someone you... who needs who is worth chasing quote-unquote worth chasing. sure yeah by which is already a loose yeah that's... kind of <laughs> i don't know problematic assumption like People worth chasing don't fuck at the right off the bat, and people yeah. who do aren't worth chasing. I don't know, but yeah. um, there's too much tied to like sex. Like too much, too many people's values in themselves is tied to sex way too much. Like, yeah, it's, that's a. It's really weird. I mean, I don't. I'm not like a big advocate for like emotionless, passionless sex where you don't care about the other person at all. Yeah. But I am. I think that there's lots of different ways that you can have an emotional experience around sex, including not very much and including yes, a whole lot. And I think that all of it should be fine and yeah. it shouldn't be so fucking weird. I yeah. don't know. It's pretty weird. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's weird, but not surprising that people have hangups around sex. Like people have yeah. hangups around just like their dating rules. Yeah. And then, like once you factor in like sex, it's like, it becomes, uh, my personal opinion is, if you feel comfortable and it's safe and it's consensual, go for it. Um, but I completely understand your hesitation uh, if you're hesitating for societal reasons. Like, you know, as much as Demetrius wouldn't judge any person, whoever they are, whatever gender, whatever sexual orientation they are, for, like, sleeping some with someone on the first date, I do know that people do judge you. Yeah. So, you know, don't feel pressured to have sex, like, ever. Uh, mm -hmm. especially not on a first date. I think one thing that's also weird is, like, I know that some people feel very, like, tense or protective around the number of people that they sleep with. Like, they think it should be as... 
It should be a certain number. Like, it shouldn't no be too idea. low. It shouldn't be too high. There's some magic number that you should be at. And then also, <laughs> maybe you do or don't want to tell partners about that. And I think that whole concept is really problematic. I mean, A, I used to count the number of people I had had sex with very differently than I would now. Like, oh, once yeah. I was like, oh, um, queer sex doesn't mean piv necessarily and then i was like hmm well if that's the case and i'm like i think i've been counting wrong and then i'm like i have no idea what it is anymore and i don't give a shit oh yeah um, yeah I, I never even considered like when i when i was counting my number and it was like the last time i did that mm-hmm. i was in my 20s like early 20s i only ever counted if i had penetrative sex with someone like right. i but specifically demetrius with his penis penetrated someone yes but, and not like oh you just like went down on somebody right yeah still sex um, yeah babe no <laughs> it was funny i actually had this conversation in a group of four women and one of them was a lesbian and i was sort of like i was still sort of like working on or questioning my sexuality at the time maybe and um but had only had to have sex with men at that point and we were talking about hooking up versus sex like do they mean different things and if they mean different yeah. things what do they mean and um, I said, I just thought it was partial nudity and more than making out. And then my friend who's a lesbian says, well, then when has sex occurred? And my other friend pop- piped up and said, penetration. And then the lesbian raised an eyebrow at her. And then there was like a silence. And then I'm like, I think we've all been counting wrong. And then there was like <laughs> laughter. And, like, But that was like a moment where I'm like, oh, hmm, I need to rethink this. Yeah. Oh, that's. <laughs> uh, I love that scene playing out. Yeah, <laughs> like hmm, self awareness. So yeah, people clearly have a lot of um, rules around first date sex, mm-hmm. but and we're sort of in favor of do it or don't. It's up to you. Yeah. Um, what about the three date rule? I don't even. Do people even like people younger than us? Do they even understand the concept of a three date rule? I don't know. I mean, I feel like I got it from Seinfeld. I feel like I got it either from Seinfeld or, like, Sex in the City or something. Yeah. Three-day rule, basically, you go on a date with somebody three times. The third time, you... It's okay to have sex. It's okay to have sex. I, it's, it, I think it also is, depending on who you ask, it's either okay to have sex or there's an expectation to have sure, sex, Sure, and then if you don't have sex, then you, then you send the message that you don't really like the other person or yeah. something, or vice versa. Yeah, I think it's pretty silly. I mean, it's hard because if you think the other person has this expectation, like, you don't want to send a message like, I don't like you enough to fuck you, you know, if, especially if that's not what it is. Yeah. So it's a little bit odd. I, I kind of think it's weird. I think it's less of a thing than it was, like, 10 or 20 years ago, certainly. Yeah. I don't... Do young people talk about the three-day rule? I have no clue Do anymore. people have... Do you think that a lot of people have a magic number, whether it's three or I think 20 that, or two months I think that a lot of people have magic numbers. Mm-hmm. I think that people our age, so 30s, yeah. are more likely to have... 30 and older are going to have a, a more likely to have a magic number. I think because our generation d- did grow up with, like, three-day rule, and now the folks who generally our age got into Think Like a Man, mm-hmm. and that was, like... Oh, don't sleep with a man until like 90 days, right? Which is still a magic number. Yes. So I think that people, and even if you just go like look at OkCupid, OkCupid used to have a question and it was like, 
by what date are you comfortable with sleeping with somebody? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when I was on OkCupid, that mm-hmm. was like almost everyone answered that question. Yeah. And they all had, and most people weren't saying one date, like whatever, let's see what happens. You know? Yeah. Um, I think that people do have magic numbers and I think that they're all wrong, um, but they're also all right. Yeah. Uh, in a way, because if you're somebody who takes the gospel of think like a man, uh, which, by the way, don't like don't take relationship advice from Steve Harvey. Take a look at his terrible push broom mustache that he clearly like dies. Like it's so black. Do you think it's like one of those things where he like combs paint into it? Yeah. 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 100 percent. There's this product that a lot of uh, black celebrities use called Beijing. It's mm. spelled it's pronounced like Beijing, but it's B-I-J-E-N. And it gives like an almost like perfect black. Mm. And you'll notice it with older black men with mm-hmm. facial hair or, like, long hair. Mm-hmm. And their hair is, like, the perfect flat black. Like, it looks mm. like a product. Mm. That's Beijing. And he definitely uses it in his mustache. It's too black. It wraps around his lips. It's gross. Don't take relationship advice from Steve Harvey. Just not at all. I mean, he's the family feud guy. Yeah. All he does is pull people. Um, my whole point was that if you are somebody who subscribes to the belief that you should wait 90 days, I think it is, to have sex with men... It will always be successful for you because most men, I don't think, will wait around 90 days. And it's not because they don't want to have a relationship with you or build, like, a life with you. They're just like, why the fuck am I going to date somebody who's going to wait 90 arbitrary days? I'm going to skip this. And the one guy you meet who is going to wait 90 days, of course it works for him because he's like, oh, this is, I have the same mentality. Same thing with first date rule. Same thing with three date rule. And, like, you know, just keep in mind that. People can leave after the first time you have sex. It doesn't matter if it. It doesn't matter how long you wait. Yeah. If someone's just waiting to have sex, they could wait ninety days. I don't yeah. think very many people will wait ninety days to have sex and then vanish. But you know, never say never. So. Yeah, hey. the shortest one time I ever waited was like with hours, right? Mm-hmm. And not somebody who I dated and like would date throughout my life. Like I dated her off and on for like five years. Wow. I've waited to have sex with somebody for, like, two months. Wow. And it, the sex was so bad that I was like, this is, I can't do this anymore. It was Yikes. so bad. Yeah. Which is very rare. No, I can't speak for every man, but usually as a man, you're like, this is cold pizza. It's still pizza. Still pizza. <laughs> it's... I just remember that I had a rule when I was a teenager, which was, I don't want to get pregnant in high school. Nice. And Good that rule. was my rule, and I felt like that's really not a stupid, arbitrary rule. Honestly, that's um, that. You know, if that's your rule, it works for you. It worked honestly. out great. I did not get pregnant in high school, nice. not even one time. So uh, success. Yeah. My my rule in when I was a youth was always use condoms. That's a, another good rule. Always use condoms because my mother specifically said, "Don't bring any kids here. I'm not raising no grandbabies." And that was it. That's that, some great. Momming. Yeah. Good job to yeah. her. She, she, it worked out really well for her. Mm-hmm. Still still zero kids. Well done. Yeah. Zero for like... Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Let's not calculate that. <laughs> uh, so I think that the rules help with people who have a hard time going through life without rules. Mm-hmm. If you are somebody who feels very uncomfortable without structure... It might be good for you to build in rules so that when things work or don't work, you can just use that as a goalpost. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I went on three dates with this guy. 
didn't work out. But, you know, luckily I stuck to my five-date rule. So then I didn't sleep with him, and now I don't feel bad. And a lot of it is just protecting yourself, really. Yeah. That's really all it does. It's, you know, as long as you're using protection and there's consent and you want to have sex with someone and feel comfortable, whatever rule you choose is going to work for you. Um, Yeah. I had, um, this reminds me of this really funny conversation I had in college so I was, like, very close to this other guy who was an RA in my building. You know, we were coworkers, but we also just, like, I'm I'm very nostalgic for this. Like, these, like, super, super intense friendships you develop in college. Like, you just, mm-hmm. it's so, it's so hard to ever have something like that in any other part of your life. But, like, we had this super intense friendship and we, like, hung out every single day for a year. Yeah. Um, and then he got a girlfriend, and we spent less time together, and it was, like, very disappointing and difficult for me, because I, you know, I wasn't jealous at all. We, our relationship was very platonic, at least as far as I know. But um, I was very sad, like, once he, we, he just didn't have as much time. And then he came to me, and he's like, I really need some advice. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, it's about Jen. And I said, okay, his girlfriend. And he said, I had this rule that I wouldn't kiss anyone unless we were in love, but I am not in love with Jen, and now I feel bad. And I'm like, okay. I, th- I think it's, you're holding yourself to a really unrealistic standard. You're at one of the most hormonal periods of your life. <laughs> the chances of you holding back on that when you really like someone are very narrow and I think you should just forgive yourself and it should just be okay. And he's like, yeah. And he looked uncomfortable and I said, I mean, if there's some other rule you want to set instead, like I wouldn't do whatever I wouldn't have sex or I don't know, whatever. Like if you want to set another rule for yourself that feels more right for you, you're welcome to do that. He's like, but what if I break that rule too? And I said, then you need to start asking yourself why you need these rules if you're just going to keep breaking them. I can't really help you with this, but like, why do you even need a rule? And he's like, hmm. And I said, I don't think I can, I don't even think you can answer this right now. And I don't think you're like, I think that that's fine, but I think you should think about it. That was pretty hilarious conversation. Yeah, I'm sure. No kissing before love. Oh man, that would suck. Oh my God. What? But then sometimes you figure out you love somebody when you kiss them. Yeah, it's true. That's the deciding factor, you know? Or it's true. It has been, anyway, for me. I think my favorite part of this story is, you know, he was like... So he was like this intense romantic, right? Yeah, and so clearly. I, I actually fell out of touch with him for a long time, and then I found him again, and we start, we were friends again for a while. We lived in the same city by, oh, nice. like, coincidence. And it, he wasn't on Facebook, so it was sort of a miracle I even found him at all. Um, and we started hanging out again, and so he and his wife were throwing a Christmas party, and so I went, and I didn't really know that many people besides him, I didn't even know his wife, so I was sort of standing there feeling a little bit awkward, and then I overheard her talking about him, and she said, um, you know, it was just so hard, and for, like, a long time, I, like, wasn't sure I was, I wasn't gonna meet anyone, and I was really worried, but, like, now I know I was waiting for Tony. And I was oh. like, oh my god, like, that is the, 
sweetest and also sappiest and also most on point comment for yeah. his match. And I'm like, that's, I, awesome. that's how I know they're a match. That's good. That's good for them. I hope they work out. They seem pretty happy. Good. That's good. Um, so, three day rule, you're super four. <laughs> yeah, I'm Obviously. real. Three day rule is always good. Never backfires. All right. <laughs> Obviously, never. It's never not once worked out perfectly for everyone ever. That's why everyone is happy in dating and no one has any questions about dating ever. We've all agreed to these rules and they work perfectly and everyone's happy all the time. We've developed a consensus. Yes. Nope. Um, (laughs) So uh, less rule focused and more just like advice. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you tell somebody or how do you tell if someone wants to have sex with you? Mm. Um, So... I, I I think that um, because of the dynamics of heterosexual dating and how often a woman's pleasure is deprioritized, yeah, I had very interesting uh, experiences around sex when I was twenty in my twenties. And when I say interesting, I mean like, damn, how could you go through life not prioritizing your own pri- your own sex and like mm-hmm. pleasure? Um, but of course, that comes from like being a man and yeah, feeling like the world is designed for your pleasure. But um, I found it was. I was always <laughs> I like in my twenties. I never knew if anyone wanted to sleep with me mm. to the point where like someone would be like, "Hey, come over to my apartment." And I'm like, "Cool." Like we're just coming to hang out. Hey, I'm making out with you. Cool. Hey, I'm whipping your. Oh, oh, you want to have sex? Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. You've already That's got a handful of when dick. it stopped being a <laughs> yeah. big choice for you. Yeah, but there was so much ambiguity. It's when I was in my twenties. I don't. There were so few times that a woman was like, "I'd like to have sex with you now," mm-hmm. or even just like, "I'd like to have sex with you now," or like mm-hmm. any variation of like, "I would like to just openly tell you." Yeah. <laughs> so, um, if you're in my experience as a straight guy. It was like a coin flip, and I always just was like, ma'am, are you interested in having sex right now? No? Okay, all right, well, you know, I'll just fill out the proper paperwork yeah. and stuff. Asking is a really good way to find out. Um, yes. Um, and that the only reason I did it was because it was always so ambiguous that I was just like, look, I'm going to miss out on sex. Or I'm just going to be assuming that you want to have sex with me and things are just awkward. So, you know, just ask. Yeah. Um, but in a in a way less like in a wor- in my world where I'm like I just want to use logic to solve problems that works perfectly. But what if you're just someone who's like clueless and you're like I want to per- I want to know if maybe they want to have sex with me without asking because then it'll be awkward. Like, what do you recommend? Ooh, um, I am so bad at telling someone <laughs> wants to have sex with me. It's comically bad. So I I guess clues can be like in retrospect um good clues are lots of touching like if they're going out of their way to like put their arm around you or whatever that's a good clue um if it's getting late and no one is trying to leave or trying to get you to leave that's like a clue um another clue which can be fraught, but as if uh, if they keep offering you drinks is another clue that they might be interested in. Not like getting you like passed out, but just like being like, let's keep it going, let's make it fun, let's relax. Um, That's a clue. Um, But I'm real big on just 
asking if you're not sure and yeah. you want to know. Um, also, just as a woman, I can often just be lazy and wait for the man to tip his hand. <laughs> uh, but if I'm on a date with a woman, I'm often mystified. I'm, I, or I'm like, I just end up just asking or just stating my own preference. I'm, I'm pretty awkward. It's sad. You'd think I'd like have grown up or learned something by now, but no, I'm just terrible at it. I'm just like, <laughs> so, uh, do you want to have sex now? <laughs> um, is, is usually my pickup line. Nice. Um, that works. It's, unambiguous it, it's very clear yeah yeah um oh man uh i never i, I never think as i got older i think i always dated at my age range so mm-hmm. um as i got older i was dating women who were my age so once i hit like 30 there was definitely a shift of i mean you want to have sex like i have condoms with me and it's mm-hmm. like great yeah this is so great it was wonderful um straight men if you're not in your 30s if you're younger than your 30 not you're 40 i guess it doesn't yeah count. if you're younger than 30 it gets so much better sex just gets so much better oh my god i think that's so much pretty be- much generally yeah. true it's like the people you sleep with like know what they like oh, yeah oh top really just ask is <laughs> like if, if you yeah. feel like there's hints just ask there's um, no magic i i'd say sometimes there isn't any magic there's to no it. magic yeah. i I would say sometimes um, if I'm having a nice time and I want to have sex with the person and we're at my house, but I'm not sure if it's getting too late or they might, um, like, they might even, like, the answer would be yes, but now it's too late and they might need to go home, is I'll ask, so what time do you turn into a pumpkin? And um, that's, like... A slight hint. It's not a very good hint. I could see it completely (laughs) flying over someone's head, but that's usually my question about, like, do you have more time? And, you know, and that usually is, like, a clue where I'm not just, like, because let's play Risk. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Let's let's start a campaign. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So on the flip side, how do you show someone that you want to... To bone? Besides the pumpkin question? Yes. (laughs) Well, um... Another one is to get naked when they leave the room and see what happens. Have you seen How I Met Your Mother? I have. I think, yeah, yeah. that was like the power move, the, right? The naked man. Yeah, the and naked man. they say it works two-thirds of the time. <laughs> it works two-thirds. Yes, I, I do remember that. I uh, tested this thoroughly. Uh, in the, I don't know how many times I've tried this, maybe two it worked two out of two times. Yeah. So that, yeah, also I'm a woman, so I think that helps. Yeah. Um, that, uh, that's my to move my was, advantage. My move was just pants off. Taking off your pants? Yeah. Because then is, it was like, if it was like awkward, it'd be like, oh, I, I was like, like really hot. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm wearing I'm, jeans. They're so. sorry, there's a rock in my pants. Yeah. No, it's gone. Uh, it's I'll gone. Put, back on. put those back on. Put a rocket in your pants. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking... I only pulled that move, like, a bunch of... Like, a couple times where, like, drunk, fooling around, and it's like, well, she went to the... I'm, I don't know if she's, like, setting it up, and then mm-hmm. it worked two thirds of it. <laughs> it worked mm-hmm. exactly... It, I did it three times, it worked twice. So Or, like... So, question was, did you take out your pants during the kissing, or did you, you were just like, I'll just take out my pants right now? Um, like, I'm pretty sure one of them was, like, mid-kissing. Mm-hmm. One of them was, like, I legitimately was in a bed, 
wearing jeans because it was like a fall date. So I was like, burnt. I was legit like, it is too fucking hot and you're like, how do you not have air conditioning on? Mm. And then when she came back, she's like, take your pants off. And I was like, I could put them back on. And then it was like, nah. You can leave them off. That's yeah, a good clue. That was, it's like, I can put them back on. Um, I, That's I a bold ass move. Though. It is a bold move. I have like, I think maybe like taken off my shirt during kissing and like that's a pretty good clue no one just sort of casually takes off their shirt during kissing and then they're like oh i just i'm a little hot i'm gonna put it back on in a second or there was a rock in it there was a rock in it that that actually there's a rock in my bra sorry sorry there's a rock excuse me (laughs) um i think that there's um i think that you all my advice with like most things in dating is just ask but i understand how people can be a bit like oh if i ask it's gonna like Change the mood, moment. yeah. So yeah. if you're if you're like, oh, I want to ask, but I want to ask in a way, or I want to show them I want to sleep with them, but I want to do so in a way um, that isn't like going to ruin the mood. I think your pumpkin uh, strategy actually does work really mm-hmm. well. Um, you don't have to say that specifically. No, I do like that, but I do like the uh, i I like the idea of saying, you know, like what time do you need to leave, and like. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me, the thing that I always did was like, well, not always. Okay. Um, my girlfriend listens to this. It's going to make me, sick. uh, the thing that I would do in a situation where I wanted to convey to someone that I wanted to sleep with them is yeah. like, and be like, Hey, do you, what time do you need to leave? Like, you know, you could also spend the night if you want. Mm, yes. That um, is a good clue. Yeah. You know, I got a soap, you know, I could sleep. On sure. Sofa. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good clue. I would be shocked if someone said, oh, you could spend the night, and then they literally meant, like, good night, and, like, brought me some pillows and a blanket yeah. for the couch, and I'd be like, oh, I don't... And some that's... cup of hot cocoa. No, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. I'm leaving. Yeah. I actually had, like, a very awkward situation where, um, this is a little salacious, but it's a sex episode, so it's okay. Uh, I hooked up with a couple, and then afterwards they're like, do you want to sleep over? And I was like, oh, um, and I was not sure because I hadn't planned to do it, and they didn't leave super far from me, so I could go home and it wasn't going to be, like, an ordeal, like, you know, sometimes you're too far, and you're like, I don't want to drive for an hour, I'll fall asleep or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, uh, I don't, uh, let me think about it, and then, um, I sort of hemmed and hawed, and I said, okay, I think I just have to get up early, because I had I did have to get up early the next day and do a bunch of stuff. And then the girlfriend said, oh, um, actually, if you're going to get up early, I think I'm going to go home because she didn't actually live there. Oh. And then I said, oh, um, never mind. I am leaving. And then oh, it was like a very weird, like, I said, okay, I'll stay. And the guy was like, yay. And then the girl was like, oh, then I'm going to leave. And I'm like, oh, no, whoops, wrong move. I yeah. leave. You stay. Yeah. Um, so that was like a very awkward <laughs> Sleepover that did not happen. Yeah, obviously. That's yeah. Such a bizarre... It's a very weird dynamic. I think... Um, I don't even really know what the lesson is there. Maybe decide ahead of time. Or maybe I could have said hours earlier. Like, by the way, I don't think I should spend the night because I have to wake up early in the morning. And Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or yeah. I guess that, that sort of... Uh, like, if you, if you weren't specifically planning on... If you were planning on sleeping with somebody and you're going over to their place... A good way to convey, like, hey, I'm coming over and I think we should hook up is, like, do you want me to spend the night? Mm-hmm. Or, like, is it cool if I spend the night? Because there's 100% a chance that, you know, oh, you're spending the night, but I think it's too soon to have sex. But usually, in pairings, 
doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter, like, gender or sexual orientation. If you tell somebody, like, hey, can I sleep over, and there's a romantic pairing, they are very likely to assume that you want to yes. bone. So. And I would like to say that if you are a couple and you're hosting a third person for a threesome, agree ahead of time about whether you're inviting someone to sleep over and if it's okay if they wake up early in the morning so that you don't have, like, an awkward three-part uh, yeah. lack of consensus about what should happen. <laughs> that is such a... You always have, like... I'm like, yeah, I just have this weird dating experience. You're like, all right, so I got... I have this Pretty couple weird. sex. Yes. And then and we almost had I a mean, sleepover. Here's the... Here's a separate question, which I don't know the answer to. If you're hosting um, a sex party, is it polite? Are you required to allow people to sleep over? Or is it okay to say, by the way, no one gets to sleep over? Um, I think the rules for... <laughs> I think the rules for sex parties, and having been to zero, uh-huh. I would assume that the rules for parties... And the rules for sex parties are very similar in that there's an expectation that I invite you over, mm-hmm. you come out, you have a great time, and then you leave at a reasonable hour. It can be late. <laughs> yeah. You know, it can be like 1 a.m. Yeah. But if, you know, one of my guests is like, oh, man, I need to crash here or I'm going to crash here to bone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, like, I'm sure if I went to a friend's party mm-hmm. that is not a sex party mm-hmm. and I got, like, really drunk and a I need to sleep party. on the sofa. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They let me. Mm-hmm. But that I shouldn't plan on it. Yes. I think if it's a sex party, it's same rules apply, you know, I think. I think that that makes sense. I'm thinking about in situations, like one time I went to a sex party that was at a hotel and they were explicit <sighs> about saying up to six people can spend the night. If you want to, you let me know so we make sure that we right, yeah. we don't have a confusion about how many people are sleeping here. Or if you want to sleep on the floor, like by yeah. all means. Yeah. yeah, but that's like the same rules as just mm-hmm. like a part. Like, hey, we're throwing a party in this hotel. Only six people can stay here unless you want to sleep on the floor. Yes, BT Dubs is also gonna be fucking sure. <laughs> sure, it's a party that also has sex. It's a not party a sex that's party. also sex. Yeah. <laughs> if you're throwing a party and it's a sex party, you should make sure that all the people invited are clear that that's what the party is about. Yeah, it should yeah. not be ambiguous about what kind of party it is. Yes, no, you got to be real clear. Like this is a party for sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> a sex party, if you will. Um, speaking of sex, yeah. <laughs> um, how do you deal with bad sex? And I'm using bad sex very broadly. Mm-hmm. Um, um, because I was I was joking earlier about. Um, how sex can be like cold pizza, but in all reality, like I have had sex with somebody and I'm like, wow, I didn't know that a person could be this bad at sex. This is so off putting. Like I'm so done or like, wow, this sex was so bad, but I like this person. I want to give it a shot. I don't want to just like drop someone because they're bad in bed. Mm -hmm. So in your experience or just generally advice, how do you deal with it? Well, I guess... One thing I would do is, or I have done, is sort of try to contextualize it. Like, do I think the sex is bad because we have bad communication? Do I think the sex is bad because we were both way too drunk or way too tired? Or do I think the sex was bad because this is just, like, a mismatch? Yeah. Um. So I feel like if I can attribute it to at least one of the things that aren't mismatch, I will give the other person a chance if I really like them otherwise. Mm -hmm. If I was sort of lukewarm on them and then they don't stick the landing, I have no reason to 
take the landing. <laughs> I have no reason to stick around. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like go well by and run out the door, but yeah. um, I don't, um, I don't try to in any way. I try to soften it a little bit, but I don't try to in any way imply that I'm going to keep seeing them or right. that. Um, and I don't try to be mean, but I'm certainly not going to like try to act like it was good. Yeah. I, a, you know, women do this enough. I wish we would just stop. B, it does them no favors to like pretend like it was great if it was bad. So yeah. don't pretend like it was good if it was bad. I have actually had somebody tell me that I was so bad in bed that they didn't want to see me anymore. Oh, ouch. Um, I was okay with it. I was like, all right, hey, cool. You know, um, you do you. Enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was incredible because I was like, wow, you just saved me a lot of time worrying about, like, oh, does she like me? I don't know. That's and true. You put it much more uh, eloquently than I can. But I think that at some point you have to figure out, is the sex even salvageable? Do I even like this person? And there's a lot of factors that go into it. But I have been in a position where I slept with someone and the sex was so bad and I was so uncomfortable. I won't get into why, but it was just such a bad experience altogether that I was like, I can't see this person. But the optics of, oh, I'm a guy and, you know, you had sex with me on like the second date and now I'm done. Yeah. So I was like, oh, how do I manage that? Point. Being. There's value in being honest with somebody. Um, Somebody told me that they just didn't think I was good in bed. And I was like, cool. Mm. Um, I took value from that. It might be hard. Your mileage may vary. Not every guy is going to be like, oh, all right, cool. You know, good luck. Yeah. Um, Your mileage might vary. I think that there, a lot of people are, aren't, see, this is the problem is that I was going to say a lot of people aren't bad in bed, but it's because I don't sleep with men. Mm. So, um, I think that. Everyone is teachable if they are willing to be taught. Yes. So if you sleep with someone and you think that they're not really a good fit for you in bed, but they seem receptive to your own pleasure and your own needs, give it another shot. Yeah. Um, but there are going to be some people where they're like, they're bad in bed. They think they're good in bed. They also can't be taught. Like, they refuse to be taught. And having sex with them does nothing for you that is pleasurable then like don't right. like drop them like you're like hey we're not a good we're not compatible in bed no no sometimes you can figure this out just from conversation ahead of time uh, uh i think that's a lot yes. easier if you sleep with men yes it's true <laughs> i've not had a woman say something in a conversation where i'm like ah i shouldn't fuck you because you're yes uh problematic yeah. certainly you've had this experience with men for example i told the guy that I was bisexual and then he was like I don't get it and I was like don't get what confused about what where this is going although it's not promising already at this point and I said and he's like like I don't understand like you have sex with a woman like how does that work without a penis and I was like have you heard of the internet yeah um there's this thing called porn um and then he like is looking at me like he yeah, and he was like, but, like, what is sex without penetration? And I'm just like, well, definitely I'm not fucking this guy. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I'm, like, explaining to him about, like, hands and toys and also how some women aren't even super into penetration in the first place. But I'm also like, why am I teaching you this right now? The fact that you do not know this means I definitely don't want to fuck you. Yeah. And now I'm just sort of trying to share some information so you're not 100% clueless. And maybe yeah. you'll spend some time Googling later. I don't know. But... <sighs> boy yeah good lord yeah gotta be honest with you 
unless a woman has never once even like come into contact with a penis there's never a question of like well how does this all work like i don't get it like Mm -hmm. what do you mean like no but that also is just because men's pleasure is prioritized so it's true i mean i think there are situations in which what you enjoy and what the other person enjoy fundamentally don't line up sure and that cannot be because the person is like uninformed about pleasure or women's bodies or whatever it can be just like a sincere like lack of overlap in interests or Mm -hmm. whatever you know like i like if i dated someone who said like pain has to be a big part of sex for me i just i can't it's not for me like especially if they want be to like hit them i'm like it's not for me it's like not it's not a bad thing if that's what you're into that's wonderful and like it's great to be self-aware but it's not for me and it's not gonna happen and we're better off finding someone more receptive to that yeah that's that's a great point yeah i think that a lot of times what people think of as bad sex is either someone who just doesn't know what they're doing period but usually just a you're doing a thing, and this is the thing that you like, and that doesn't do anything for me. Sure. So we got to come to the middle a bit. It's yeah. true. And there's also, like, a difference between, like, oh, okay, um, you like this thing, and it's not hot for me, but it's not a turnoff, so I'm happy to do it for you because it's exciting to see you get off, versus you like this thing, and that thing, like, actively is a turn-off for me, and, yeah. like, this is, that that does not work. Because yeah. I do, I mean, there are definitely things I like where I have partners where they're like, I feel decidedly neutral about this, but you're into it, so sure. And yeah. the other way around, too. And that's totally a functional relationship. Yeah. Get a little, get a little. Yeah, I think that, you know, mm-hmm. It's just like I don't like massages. Mm. Like I don't like to be massaged. I don't like I don't like it. But you know, if I'm dating somebody who likes to have their back massaged, then I'll do it. Yeah. Because it doesn't harm me in any way. It's not like I'm like, oh, this grosses me out. I just don't want to be touched. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not really true. Anyway, we've been talking around sex a lot. Yeah. And about like how people look at things and you know our rules and you know how you show interest, but. I think that under all that is the idea that it's not just an idea that there people give sex a certain amount of meaning and weight. Yeah. So like, how do you navigate that? So what I'm thinking of that, I think we talked about it a little bit offline, but mm-hmm. essentially um, let's say I am me. Um, okay. Sex is sex has meaning when I'm with someone, sex has a very specific meaning when I'm with someone and I love them and I'm in a relationship that it has one meaning there, but that meaning never carried over. So when I was single and I like hooked up with somebody, Mm -hmm. it wasn't because like, Oh, this is just a gesture of affection that I'm having with my partner. This was, it was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and say you're like me, but you meet people who you go on dates and one person thinks that if you have sex with someone, it means that you are indicating to them that you want to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Or you meet someone else who says that sex is something that only happens between people that love each other. Or you have you meet somebody and it's like sex is for procreation and various permutations okay. of that. Yeah. I think it's good to probably... I mean, thanks to longer profile sites like OkCupid, 
you can often sniff out what the person's attitudes are about mm-hmm. sex. If it's something like Tinder or Bumble, it may actually be really hard to know without directly asking. So you kind of have to be aware of cultural norms that may or may not be in play. And I guess my thought is if you don't, especially if you don't subscribe to them, but even if you do, it might be good for you to just be really real about what you feel like is comfortable for you. Like I was like, if you are worried that you sleeping with them right away means to them might mean that you're like, Oh, I'm not serious about you when you are like, no, I really like you. And that's also why I want to fuck you. Like you might want to find a way to say that you might be like, I really like you. I really want to see you again. Like, would it be okay if we had sex right now and see how they feel about it? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's tricky. I feel like in some ways being non-monogamous means I get to get away from that because we already kind of agree. It's not like I'm trying to like prove like, no, I want you to be my boyfriend. You know, it's not really a thing, but it's hard. I, I don't know. I mean, how do you, what do you, how would you navigate around it or how did you navigate around it? Uh, I'll be completely honest. I had a very uh, spotty record of, openly addressing it sometimes i would sometimes i wouldn't Mm. um and a lot of times a lot of times it would come up in the context that you said about Mm -hmm. how you're about to sleep with someone and you sort of lay it out there like if i sleep with you i like you i I really want to sleep with you but i don't want this to change anything so Mm -hmm. a lot of times it was in response to that question but if i wasn't prompted like 90 percent of the time i just wouldn't say anything yeah um but I tried to be a bit more open about it when it meant something specific to me because that was only the thing I was looking for. Like, if I was only in casual sex, I would tell people, I'm only looking to hook up. You know, I'm not going to treat you like this or that. I'm mm-hmm. just, the sex is just what it is. It's a thing unto itself. And when I was looking for a relationship and somebody's like, oh, I want to sleep with you, I would, would tell people, having sex with you doesn't change my opinion of you, mm-hmm. which was always true. But uh, I wasn't always the best about what it actually meant for me. Like, oh, this doesn't change my opinion of you, but it Mm -hmm. also doesn't influence my opinion either. Right. Um, So, yeah, no, I wasn't the best at it. And, yeah, no, that's that's one of those things when I look back and I'm like, oh, I see how how that led to confusion. When dating heterosexual women, I found that if you were open and generally sex positive, they were more receptive to having sex with you. But the thing that neither one of us in any of my pairings would close the loop on is okay you don't think negatively of me Mm -hmm. you know you don't take that meaning from sex but does it mean that you are more interested or more likely to sort of want to be in a relationship and that was the thing that was missing um and i think that might have to do with the fact that a lot of straight women or women who date men deal so often with the negativity that men have around sex Um, yeah yeah, so I don't know. I never was good it's, at navigating it, honestly. It's really odd. My um, my good friend was telling me she was dating this guy. They'd been on, like, maybe two or three dates. And he, I think the weather was bad. And so he's like, instead of going out, do you want to come over? And then she was hesitant because she wasn't sure she wanted to sleep with him. Mm. And so she didn't want to, like go over there and then be in a situation where she'd have to extract herself and be like, Oh, I didn't want to fuck you. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to hang out. Yeah. And she said, so she said, um, I don't 
I don't think I should. Maybe we should just reschedule. And then he said, well, what if we agree that all of our clothes stay on? And she said, okay. Um, So she went over and they had a nice date and I think maybe they kissed or something. And then she went home and then they met up again. And he said to her, um, so she was sort of maybe still on the fence about this guy. I don't remember what other factors were at play, but they met up again and he said, um, I'm a little worried that you're looking for something more serious and I'm not really open to that right now. Like, yeah. essentially, her not wanting to sleep with him, to him, sent the message like, oh, I want you to be my boyfriend. Got I shouldn't it. sleep with you too soon. Whereas for her, it was like, I just maybe don't like you that much. Yeah. Um, and she said, oh, no, that's fine. Let's just be friends. And then he was relieved. I was like, okay. And I think they are still friendly to oh, this day. Cool. But um, yeah, it was odd. And I it had never occurred to me that this would happen. But it can totally happen. Not just like if you do sleep with someone. But if you don't sleep with mm-hmm. someone, they also think it means something yeah. like, oh, well, I, I'm looking for a real relationship. Oh, yeah. I think there can be also the, the flip side can be that if a guy doesn't try to sleep with a woman in a heterosexual pairing that you as a woman sometimes we will take that to be like a rejection like oh he's not into me yeah um which it may or may not be honestly um i think it's it's probably complicated but i think because there's the cultural narrative that men always want sex that if he doesn't want sex with you right now it means he doesn't Mm -hmm. want sex with you period which i don't think is generally true i you you need more clues than whether or not he wanted to fuck right then yeah yeah I think that if I were to redo Mm -hmm. a lot of my dating life and I wanted to put people at ease and also just communicate better, what I would do um, and what what I when I think of all the times that I communicated very well, what I did was I addressed like two or three things. And the first one was in the best language possible to me, I would say, you know, like having sex is not going to change my opinion of you. Mm -hmm. Right. That was always the good one good thing I did was. I promise you, and I was always honest, like, if you sleep with me, it doesn't matter if it's the first date or the 51st date, nothing's going to change. I'm not, that changes nothing about my opinion. Mm-hmm. The next thing, which I 10% of the time did, and I probably should be better about, was if we do have sex, the, what it actually means to me is this. So mm-hmm. usually it was, you know, we had sex, period. It just is yeah. a thing. But if you are going to be somebody who is trying to convey what sex means to you in a way that is honest, you know, my, this is how I'm going to feel if we have sex on the first date versus like the 51st date. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're somebody who legitimately like you have a weird mental block where if you sleep with somebody on the first date, you do never want to sleep with them again. You should tell people that because then they won't want to sleep with you on the first date. Or they'll be like, great. I'm same way. Perfect. Yeah. Match made in heaven. Exactly. For one night. Um, but it's also good to tell people, you know, if we do or do not sleep together, this is what it means to me. And this is the meaning that it carries. Um, and the third thing, I guess, would be just to add anything that sort of falls outside the scope. Like, if I sleep with you, my opinion is not going to change. If I sleep with you, it also doesn't mean that I want a relationship with you or anything. It just means that we had sex. And, you know, the third thing would be those two things won't ever change or, you know, if we're in a relationship, these two things change, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what I would try to convey anyway. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think that there, 
I, you know, like, I, in the one hand, I'm like, you know, oh, no, what if someone gets the wrong message if you, like, sleep with them too soon or whatever? But I'm, I, part of me is also, like, if the person gets the wrong message and the, what they're thinking is so far off from what you're thinking, then maybe you're not a match anymore. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think... if he, if you are a woman and you have sex with a guy on the first date and he thinks, oh, she's a slut, she'll fuck anyone. Do you want to be with that guy? Probably not. I don't. Um, yeah. No. Uh, so I guess that that's part of it is that sometimes, even if you aren't 100% clear, which I do advocate with just being as straightforward as you can, but even if you yeah. aren't, if you're, the ambiguity may resolve itself in that you are either on, mostly on the same page or you are so not that it becomes obvious. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's I, I like to hope that while when I was ambiguous, it was because things sort of were resolving themselves mm-hmm. naturally. Yeah, I don't think you always have to spell it out. Um, yeah, I think sometimes it's pretty clear. Yeah, it, it, there there were a couple times where I was sleeping with somebody and I thought they wanted to be more serious than me because like how often they wanted to see me. Oh yeah, and how often they wanted to have sex. And I was like, oh, they like, and I was like, oh, you know, like I don't want anything serious. And she was like, yeah, I. I didn't want anything serious at all. I didn't think we were serious. And I was like, oh, well. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Jokes on you. Dangerous. You. Yeah. Um, so before we close out, mm-hmm. uh, one final sort of bow. I did yes. a giant arm bow just now. Um, do you think that great sex will make people overlook like giant red flags or flaws or? I think really great sex can like buy you one more date maybe and but i don't think i hope i hope oh. that it doesn't like mean like oh you know sure he has like a dog fighting ring but you know he will give oral for two hours so <laughs> i'll just overlook it i mean who is this person first of all but you know okay i don't really think I don't think people overlook giant red flags. I think people might overlook, like, ambiguity about the interpersonal match if the sex mm. is really great and, like, give you another shot. Like, if it's a maybe and the sex is great, it might point them towards one more date. But I don't think it buys you a million more second chances. I think that's I think that's a great way to put it. I think it great sex will cover for a maybe the same way that a great, like, interpersonal connection with someone will cover for a maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been on dates with people and had no sex with them whatsoever but we had such a great time together yeah but i was like i don't know if i even like this person but this date was so fun i want to do it again Mm -hmm. second date you're like nah no they're cool but no um and i think that that often can be true for like a good quality a great quality about a person but for most people i think that sex or great sex will cover for that maybe uh the same way that bad sex will help you like if you really don't like somebody if you're just on the fence about somebody and there's bad sex it doesn't co- the maybe won't cover it you know you have yeah. to really like someone so it's, it's like true i mean i think if you're very thirsty and don't give a shit and want like a friends with benefits situation you might be a little bit more tolerant of oh, yeah. like mismatch but that's yes. not really what we're talking about yeah everyone everyone in their life if they have had more than one friends with benefit has had one who was just like a full-on ding-dong like, somebody where you're like, oh, my God, why are you so dumb? Why are you such an asshole? Yeah. But you're still good in bed. It's so. confusing. Yeah. My biggest problem was I had a friend with benefit, and then 
it took me a very long time to figure out that our libido was super mismatched. Like, huh. I just thought... Like, time of day? He was just a general ability to anticipate interest up to the day. Um, I, if I have a date, uh, I am interested in, if, in sex. And if I... With, especially with someone I've seen several times. Yeah. And if I am not interested that day, like I'm not feeling well or something, I will let them know or call it off or both. Mm-hmm. I have found it baffling that he called it off frequently because he was not interested. And then even sometimes I would, we'd hang out and he'd be like, oh, I'm not interested tonight. And I'm like, this is a problem. Like <laughs> you're breaking one of the tenets of what our agreement is yeah. about. Um, so that's friends. I found it boggling. I'm like, we're just regular friends. Like that doesn't make any sense. I have plenty of regular friends. Uh, Oh, well, uh, but good luck, you know, and there's nothing wrong. If you're a lower libido person, you totally deserve to have great friends with occasional benefits. If that's what you're looking for. It's just, if you have a libido mismatch, then that may not be meant to be. Yeah. Probably not meant to be. Um, so that is it for sex. No more sex for anyone ever. No, um, that was it. I hope you all enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, it was great for all of you, I hope. Um, cause it was for me. <laughs> I'm lighting a cigarette as we speak. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Mom, if you're listening, I'm not lighting a cigarette. I don't smoke. That's um, the part you're most concerned is that your mom thinks you're smoking. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess we've all learned something. I was a child, mm-hmm. which you told me I'm not raising any grandbabies. You bring them home. Mm-hmm. I was 10 years old. I was 10 years old. My mother was like, this is how sex work. Don't get anybody pregnant. Here's condoms. You can always ask me for condoms. And guess who has a healthy relationship with sex and safe sex? There you go. So, you know, so I'm more worried that my mom thinks that I smoke cigarettes than talking about sex. Trust me. <laughs> um... Things we love and hate. I actually have a love-hate relationship with, like, these uh, hip millennial office workspaces. <laughs> um, things I guess I love about them are all the free snacks. Nice. Um, and that there are more, like, like there's a wellness room where you can, like, book for, like, you know, taking a mental health break or something like mm-hmm. that. Or, I don't know, maybe you can lay down if you're not feeling well. Um, I don't think they have a bed, but I think they have, like, a beanbag chair. In in the one at my office, anyway. Um, and, you know, um, nice things, like having lunches catered occasionally, or, like, having couches. Um, things I do not love about millennial workspaces. The whole open office plan, like, I get, it's like, ooh, it's so collaborative, we can talk to anyone, but it's like, okay, yes, but also there's a lot of chatter, (laughs) Also, my office in particular, they play pop music at, like, a normal volume. Like, it's not even quiet. It's pretty loud. Like, the noise just permeates the whole floor. Yeah, and it's not even, like, appropriate. I mean, I'm not a priss. You heard me say the F word a bunch of times. But, like, it was definitely, like, they were playing Rihanna really, like, pretty loud, a regular volume. And I'm like, this seems odd. Is it, like, early Rihanna or, like, more recent? S&M. Oh, okay. So, like, that's yeah. a weird choice for an yeah. office. I mean, it depends on the kind of office I mean, office what if you don't like a sales call? I don't know. It just seemed weird to me. And then, <laughs> and then, um, you know, there's, like, my desk is actually just a table, and it's, like, open on the bottom. Like, there's no divider, and so the guy across from me keeps kicking me, which is a whole other, like, rant <laughs> all by itself about keep your legs to yourself. 
But, um, like, just, like, a lack of any privacy at all is real weird to me. And then also, I almost, I, I mean, I didn't, but I was so pissed off. I wanted to smack someone because they were whistling. Just fucking whistling at regular volume. And but I'm like, like, for how long? Any amount of time is really inappropriate. Like, <laughs> were they sitting? They were sitting at their desk, oh, yeah. whistling a song. Not just like, I'm leaving for the day, I'm whistling. No, like okay. if someone was like, hello, and that, fine, okay. Yeah. But not like, don't whistle a song at your desk. That's Other right. people are working. So I'd say a, a decidedly mixed review on this, and I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm a little mm, not in love with it. Not in love with it. Not hating it completely, though. I don't want to hate it completely, because the snacks are good, but yeah. I don't know. Um, do you know what I loved? What? Um, I think it was last week or this week, I got a text from my co-host. Oh. And it was pictures of you <laughs> with... Two of the Queer Eye guys. Yes. I lost my shit. Uh, I absolutely lost my shit. I, so you met... I lost my shit. I met Karamo and Jonathan Van Ness. And so jealous. Yeah, I completely left out. They were in the building I work in for reasons having nothing to do with my job. Um, and I just looked up and Karamo walked into the elevator with me and I was not cool at all. I was so not cool. I was all like shaky and like I am such a big fan and like he was very sweet and I met his fiance and his friend and we took a picture together which is what I texted to Demetrius to make him very jealous and it was great and then I was like already super excited about that and then Jonathan Van Ness starts walking by, and I think I just shrieked, and he turned around and agreed to take a picture with me. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I know New Yorkers are supposed to be, like, super cool, like, oh, it's not a big deal, city's full of all kinds of people, but I just have no chill yeah. when I truly love someone. And so I think we're all best friends now, as I works. would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to have them on the podcast. Oh, yeah. I um, definitely mentioned it and invited them, and they definitely said yes. So Obviously. Yeah. Awesome. No, that, that I love that. That was really cool. Yeah. Um... And I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, as always. Um, yeah, thank you. So good luck fucking out there, people. <laughs> Make it a good one. Uh, good luck out there. Bye. <laughs>